is Dan from Burlington, Vermont, and I'm tuned in to the new TNN. The following is entirely fictitious. Any similarity to the history of any person living or dead or any actual events is entirely coincidental and unintentional. Except where specifically noted otherwise in the cast and crew credits. All celebrity voices are impersonated and no celebrities have endorsed any aspect of this show. Uh, well, uh, hello, uh, computer people. This is, uh, the Centaur Man. Uh, the greatest shooter in all of the history of Canada. The northern part of Canada, too. They don't mess around with any of them southern shooters. But, uh, welcome to, uh, the, the show that is the Centaur Man, where I'm here to make five dollars from Johnny C. Johnny! Uh, thanks for taking the time to come and visit with an old shooter. Uh, making me talk about the glory days of shooting past and uh, my legendary Canadian shooting family. Now, Johnny, uh, traditionally on the program, uh, we've talked about a very specific match of uh, the shooting game, but today it's my understanding that... Uh, you wanted me to talk about something different. Now, uh, one thing a lot of people don't know about the Centaur Man is I got a memory. I can remember everything that's ever happened to me in my life. I remember being born, damn it. My mama, she wasn't ready for me. I remember coming right out of the mama and looking right up at the doctor and saying, Hey, get your hands off me, I'm a huter. And I went for the double leg right there and the doctor took him down harder than he'd ever felt in any of his days. And from that day forward, every day that's happened to me has been remembered. I'm like an elephant, Jenny. What do you got for me? Uh, you're gonna have to speak up a little bit. You want me to talk about the day that... What? Can you say it again, please, Sonny? WCW, well, the day of WCW, know what? Okay, the, oh, the day that W's, the day that WCW was purchased by the New York Territories, Johnny. How could you ask such a thing of me? Don't you know, that's one of the worst days in my life. Johnny, I don't really know if I can... Five dollars and fifty cents? Well, all right, the day that WCW was purchased. Hold on to your hats, Johnny. This is a hell of a story. Now, a lot of people don't recall that the WCW was founded in 1990 during the turn of a new millennium. And a lot of people recall that guy wearing the face paint who was one of the grapplers there in WCW as being one of the all-time greats of the shoot game. What was his name? Oh yeah, Buzz. Cause Buzz would sting like a bee he would, or sting like some sort of a serpentine animal, like a snake. Or maybe he'd sting at you like a bulldog would bite. But nonetheless, Buzz defeated the nature boy Ric Flair for the WCW championship, and it was one of the darkest days in the history of my life. Well, compute what? That's not... That's the story of the day WCW died, it is. Oh, you wanted it? 
the date of the territories, you'll have to speak up, Jenny. I'm a bit of a centaur. Don't have the biggest ears if you've ever seen a picture of one. Now, let's, uh, all the jokes aside, Jenny, because, you know, I'm just, uh, I'm just having a little fun at your expense. Because I like you, because you're a hell of a guy. But you're not a shooter. And don't you ever forget that. Because I'll take your legs for my own, Johnny. They belong to me. Perhaps I was truly delaying and trying to put off the story with a little bit of the hoo-ha because, Johnny, it truly was a dark day in my life that day the territories folded into one. And I'll tell you why, and I'll tell you with a look on my face that'll let you know that we're about to dive deep into a story that'll take us to the depths of hell and beyond. The day the territories folded into one. The day WCWs purchased by the New York territories... I was at a funeral. A funeral? For Rhino. Now, Johnny C., as we've often said during many of our Centaur podcasts, shows, if you will, that uh, the Rhino is one of the greatest people I've ever met in my entire life. The Rhino is capable of giving me love that none of my kids or none of my other family members ever could because he's a gut. Damn Rhino. The way that he would pierce everyone that he ever battled with his beautiful big horn. I tell you, though this this Rhino was not an ordinary Rhino, Jenny. See, this Rhino could take an anvil and throw it with his teeth he could. I'm not quite sure how he actually learned to do that, but he did. And it's one of the greatest things I've ever been a part of in my life. Now, a first encounter to Rhino in 1978. If you'll recall, Jenny, at that time I was promoting the shoot game for the Stampede Territories. During the main event of a conflict between two shooters, one of them named Greg Gutch, the other one was named Simon Kinsberg. Now, Greg Gutsch has Simon Kinsberg and the old Boston Crab, he did. And one of my sons pops his head around the corner and he says, Dad, I can't find your daughter. My sister, I believe her name is Ellie. And I says, you can't find Ellie? Well, I got uh, Greg Gutsch and Simon Kinsberg in here, uh, shoot guy. I don't think I really can go look for her. And he said, Oh, don't worry, da. I'll make sure the right guy wins the match. And I said, all right, uh, you got faith in your shoot guy, because I believe someday you're going to be a hell of a shooter. And so I ventured from the Stampede Territories Arena out into the wild looking for my daughter. Now, I started in the forest. Uh, and a lot of people don't know this, but the reason I started in the forest is because uh, my daughter at the time was prone uh, to going into the forest and taking off her clothes and sitting on a tree stump. It's not something I like to make public, Johnny, but uh, this this indeed is the truth and factual information, and you got to tell the Internet the truth by God. Uh, luckily, as I was walking through the forest, uh, going from favorite stump to favorite stump, now you could tell which ones were the favorite stump because there was always a smell upon them, Johnny C. It wasn't a sweet smell of nectar, but indeed the smell of the fish. 
Now, the regular stumps that were visited by the centaur uh, were not smelling like the fish this day, so I knew that uh, she wouldn't be found here in the forest. Upon venturing out, only five steps away from the exit, Johnny, there I stood. One of the biggest damn brown bears I'd ever seen in my life. And I said, well, brown bear, uh, you're standing in my way. And the bear said back to me, which I believe in bear translates to give me your picnic basket shooter. Now I said to the bear, bear of the forest, as you can see, I travel without the confines of a picnic basket. Therefore, your creed must allow for me to go free, as I could not pay the but being an innocent man in the wood, and not having given any negativity to the bears previously, I was rightfully allowed to travel safely through the wood. But this brown bear, Johnny, he said to me, which I believe roughly translates to, I do not follow the way of the bear, centaur man, and I'm here for your life without the payment of a picnic basket. And so, Johnny, normally I'd have ripped off my shirt just by flexing the muscles and shot a double leg, take down, and went on this bear until he would give up and make the tap. But as I previously mentioned, I was on a quest to find my daughter. So what I did was I reached into my back pocket and pulled out a shotgun. And I said, Brown Bear, I'm going to give you two choices. Now listen closely, Mr. Bear, because I will not be repeating myself, and you only hear each choice once. I said, Bear, do you abide by these terms? At this moment, the bear was somewhat confused. You see... Knowing the ways of the forest and the ways of the bear clan, this was an offer that each noble bear would receive upon coming in contact with his shooter. But this bear, not living by the creed of the bears, was perplexed and unaware of how to respond. Because of that, Johnny, I pulled the trigger, and that bear's head is the one behind me on the mantle. Yeah, it's in a bunch of pieces I couldn't afford to get it stitched back together. And, Johnny, I believe that will conclude the story of the day that WWF purchased the WCW. Is it way? No, Johnny, the day of the purchase was the day of the funeral of the Rhino. Oh, the right. That's right, Johnny. I started to tell the story of the first day I encountered the Rhino, which in which meant my daughter disappeared from the stampede, and I had to go in the forest and uh, wrestle with a bear I did. And by wrestle, I mean I shot him with a shotgun. I guess you could say, Johnny, I'm a shooter. Now, Johnny, the search would continue that day as I left the woods knowing that the daughter wasn't there. I headed to the vehicle that I was driving at the time. It was a 46-wheeling semi, it was. Now, you might be saying to yourself, Centaur Man, I don't think 46 tires on a 
on a moving truck is something that even happens these days or is even legal on the commonly traversed roads. And to that, Johnny, I'd say, you are correct in the latter assessment. But I'm telling you, with the most honest looks on my face, the car, the truck, the thing with the pedals was 47 tires deep, Johnny, it was. Oh, Blue, I called her, and I jumped into the front seat, and I said, Oh, Blue, it's time to go find the fish daughter. So I took off on Canadian Highway Road 76. And I was driving south on 76, and I came to a junction. Unware of which way to turn, I popped my head out the door, took... A deep smell, and I said, My God, the smell of fish is coming from the east. That's where my daughter is, and I turned east on the road. 72. Now, Johnny, as you can tell from the sound of my voice, Road 72 is one of the most dangerous roads in all of Canada. Not so much because of the twists and turns or the ice that you might come across in the winter days, Johnny, but because... Of the bandits of Road 72. A pirate gang that was always on the lookout for innocent drivers and innocent vehicles that they could drive off the road and steal their doubloons they were. Now, as a member of the Shooting Society and an honorable ally to the Bear Clan, the bandits of 72, or the pirates, as you might refer to them as, the pirates of the 72s, should not have gone after Old Blue, the truck I drove, as I bore the sticker of not only the Shooter Society, but a smaller sticker of the Bear Clan, as I was an allied member at the time. Well, Johnny, the bandits, or the pirates of Road 72, made their presence known early. They came upon the side of me in one of their giant road boats with cannons ablazing and a flag of the 72 flying at the highest mast. I could hear the music coming from their vehicle because it had giant speakers on it. And it said, we are the pirates on road 72. If you don't give me doubloons, we'll have sex with you. And I won't be sex to you. <laughs> Enjoy. Bandits of 72, pirates of 72, drive little fast and we'll kick your ass. We are the pirates of road 72. At least, that's what I think it translated into as I was, the song was actually spoken in the tongue of the pirates of 72. Now, the leader of this boat I recognized immediately. It was Prince Riviera. The Pie Prince of the Pirates of 72, next in line after his father, King Aknor, would pass. The Prince, oh, he was always shooting off of his mouth, which of course made me want to shoot his legs. He bade I roll down my window, and so I did. Of course, I could barely hear him, hear him as I was barreling down the road at speeds in excess of 45 miles per hour. I've previously mentioned I don't follow no pussy kilometers, Johnny. So I hope you've been paying attention. Now, the prince uh, spoke in the pirate tongue, which I was fluent in. Uh, and he said, Ach, talk so, talk not all. Which, of course, roughly translates into, I see you bear the sticker of the Shooter Society, and so I will ask for only one doubloon. 
And what I did at that moment, Johnny, is something I regret to this very day. As the king of the Pirates of 72 was an honorable man and often attended the stampede shooting matches. But Johnny, the previously mentioned shotgun I used to counteract the bear that was not a member of the bear clan, I pulled that shotgun out and I said, Prince, think about this. Do you want a doubloon from the old shooter, or do you want your skull attached to your body? Of course, this was a standard two-item question that members of the secret societies of Canada were allowed to ask one another before performing an execution-based attack. And as the prince of the pirate clan, he was well aware that he had moments to choose from one of the two options. As he rose his head up high to speak the words of the pirate code, or his answer to the common tongue. A big blue car came burning down the road and collided with the pirate ship which burst into flames. And while I was not responsible for the end of the lineage of the pirates of 72 and their disappearing from the face of the earth to this day, I still always kind of felt bad about it. And the king never spoke to me again. Oh, yeah, one of the things I probably should have mentioned about this story at this time is that uh, it was taking place in April of that year I mentioned earlier. Now, oh, I know, Johnny, the WCW was purchased in March of 2001. As I previously mentioned, it was one of the worst days of my life, the day at a rhino's funeral. I know, Johnny, I remember the topic at hand. But if you'll recall, I started telling a story about the day I first met the rhino, and you gotta hear that story to understand why the rhino's funeral was so sad. So, I'd come to the end of Road 72, evaded the pirates I did. And when I got to the end of Road 72, of course most people familiar with Canada know that it's a dead end it is, but you could take a left, or you could take a right. The left would lead on road 35. The right would lead on road 35 in the opposite direction. Now, Johnny, once again I stuck my nose at the windshield uh, because the windshield had been shattered by one of the cannonballs of the Pirates of 72. I believe I did not uh, mention that, Johnny. And the smell of fish was strong from the west. But, Johnny, the wind blowed and the smell of fish was strong in the east. So, what was a shooter to do? I remembered my training. The tactics I'd learned from the shooting society, and I said, Well, I'm gonna shoot left. And so I turned the wheel the big rig left and went on road 35. Now, this is where April comes into play. As I drove down the road 35 to the left, there were two destinations where the aroma of fish was strong. There was the Canadian Aquarium to the right and to the left there was a McDonald's. Now Johnny, you can probably understand why the month of April is so important because we all know in April McDonald's offers the triple filet of fish for the religious folks. Now, the triple filet of fish was a unique configuration, Johnny, because unlike the Big Mac, it lacked a third bun in the middle. And so it was three pieces of flaky gold Alaskan fish with one half slice of cheese for some reason, 
and fourteen squirts of the tartar sauce. Oh, I'm getting hungry, Johnny. Can I get that five dollars, please? All right, I'll wait. But the aroma of fish was strong, and we all had discussed my daughter was prone to the fish. Or was it her? She smelled like fish. I don't know if I got that point across, but she did. And so, a decision stood before me, Jenny. Aquarium or McDonald's? I chose the aquarium, much to my chagrin, as my daughter was not there. I suddenly realized that gaff and my errors my ways, and I entered the McDonald's. It was across the street, only to find no one was there. Except a lone boy working behind the counter, and I said, Lone boy behind the counter, I shall give you two choices as his creed of the shooting society. And he said, Master, there's only need for one. Yes, please slay me with your hands, for I cannot live, because I have seen things that your eyes would not believe. I said, Gallant warrior of the front counter, I will give you the death you so crave. But in return you would tell me the tale of that which you've witnessed. He said, My lord, with mine eyes did I see a young, pimple-faced girl who looked like a beast she did. And she took the triple fillet of fish, and she ate it with the mouth between her legs. And I want to die. And I said, Which direction did she head? And he said, My lord, I promised to only tell the tale of the fish that was eaten by the lower mouth. You promised me a swift death. And as a sworn member of the shooting society, I ripped his head from his body, as were his wishes. I had known and learned at this point that the daughter had indeed been at this McDonald's, but which direction she headed I was unaware. Luckily, there were two exits, a door to the front and a door to the back, and on the door to the back was just the tiniest tiniest little speck of tartar sauce. And knowing that the flay of fish she shoved inside her body contained thirteen shots of the tartar sauce, I reckoned this had to be the direction in which my daughter went. And so I followed the trail of tartar sauce until I arrived at an area that not only smelled like fish, Johnny, but smelled like every animal known to the Canadian wilderness. An area I hadn't traveled to since 1948. She was at the town zoo. Lightning struck in the air, Johnny, as I had been barred from the zoo by the zookeepers' union, one of the most dangerous organizations in all of Canada. The zookeepers' union would not stand for me treading upon their sacred ground, but Johnny, I smelled the fish. I had to go and rescue my daughter, I did. So I opened the gate and said to no one but myself, Shooter, it's time to take out the trash. You see, earlier in the day I'd watched a movie with Charles Branson and I wanted to say something cool. And so that's why I said that, Johnny. Because I'm a shooter. Now, the zookeeper's union was not present. I knew this because it was after hours. And most of the zookeeper's union uh, was having a mixer with the beehive world. And they were trying to always find animals in the wilderness and putting them in the zoo. But 
One member of the zookeeper's union had remained behind, for he was a lonely fellow. I came across him early in my travels. His name was Zeke the Plumber. And we called him Zeke the Plumber uh, because he smelled like shit, by the way. He wasn't actually a plumber, but, uh, you know, because of the smell. Uh, he was somewhat ostracized by the zookeeper's union. I said to him, Zeke the Plumber, I come to you today as an honorable member of the Shooter Society, having recently crossed paths with the Bear Clan and the Pirates of 72, and taken the life of an honest, hard-working Canadian I have. I traveled across this long road, searching for the daughter, the Sen daughter, the Princess Officia, because she kind of has a smelly twat. And he says to me, I, Zeke the Plumber, Plumber of the Zookeeper's Union, know your name, Shooter. And as a member of the Shooter Society, I should show you the honor and give you two options. But you've been banned from the zoo due to previous actions. And so I challenge you in a battle to the death. But know this, Shooter Society member. I know the location of the Princess of the Fish Smell. And if you best me in a shoot match, I shall tell you where she is. Knowing... That all of my honor in the princess of the Aquellian worlds was at stake. I accepted the challenge, and we went to the lion's den for the shooting match, Johnny, between the centaur man and Zeke the plumber. Now, I once told my son the rocket about the lion's den match, and he had one with an ultimate fighter named Ken Shamrock, but that wasn't the lion's den I was in. I was in a dirt arena with five lions watching, as I finally ripped my shirt in two and said, Zeke the Plumber, it's time for combat of a shoot nature. Now, Jenny, as is tradition with the Zookeeper's Union, each fighter was to select a weapon to battle with to the death. I, being a shooter, selected my fists, and Zeke the Plumber followed suit. Except he wrapped his fists in tape, dipped them in honey, and covered them with bees. Now, at this moment, the fight was to begin. But the stadium, the lion's den, was suddenly overtaken by loads of different animals. There were penguins. There were chimpanzees. There were ducks quacking away. And... I believe I also saw a parakeet. As is tradition with the zookeeper's union. Johnny, I tell you, I saw it and heard it with my own ears. Let's not go into the goddamn grave. They began to chant. Hussa, hussa, tish, tish, hussa, hussa, tish, tish, hussa, hussa. My God, Johnny, as I live and breathe, I can hear it now. The battle began. Zeke the plumber lunged his bee fists, striking me in the face, and hundreds of bees stinging me. But Johnny, all it did was make me more angry. And so I said, You want to fight a shooter? I'll show you a shooter. And so I shot. Double leg takedown, which Zeke the plumber tried to avoid but couldn't. Zeke the plumber went down flat on his back, and I grabbed his limbs, his left leg, and I said, Oh, I'm gonna stretch you, Zeke the plumber. 
where's my daughter? Tell me and I'll let you keep your limbs. The bees were now swarming, stinging Zeke the plumber in his own face as they could not escape the confines of the honey gloves and he was writhing in pain. Tell me, Zeke the plumber, where is my daughter? Never, he screamed. And so I ripped the left leg straight from Zeke the plumber's torso and stood over his body, blood dripping into his own mouth, and I said, Zeke the plumber, tell me where my daughter is or I'll beat you to death with your own leg. He was writhing in pain, and all he could get out was, shooter, shooter, and I said, I knew I'm a shooter. Why do you think I got your leg? Where's my daughter? And he said, over there, with the big four-legged creature with the horn. I don't remember what it's called. Uh, 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 shooter, end my pain. And I said, Zeke the plumber, you have honored the creed of the Zookeepers Union, and thus, as a member of the Shooter Society, I grant you the peace you desire. And I beat him to death with his own leg, and headed towards the direction of the four-legged creature with the big pointy horn. Nursing the bee stings on my face, I continued my journey in the direction as advised by Zeke the Plumber, and I got a whiff, Johnny. And I knew I was on the right track. But what I was about to encounter, Johnny, would change the rest of my days for the rest of my days. I'd finally found her. I laid eyes, Johnny, on one of the most beautiful creatures walking God's green earth. And luckily I also found the centaur daughter as well. But there she was, clothes cast aside, inside the cage, mounted on top of the horn of the most beautiful creature walking the earth. There, for the very first time, Johnny, I saw a rhino. And sure enough, my daughter was there, humping away, making the rhino understand this is how you pleasure a woman. Now, Johnny, I don't necessarily agree uh, with sex of a non-biblical nature. But that rhino was learning things that would treat him well for the rest of his life. He would learn how to pleasure his rhino queen in ways she couldn't even fathom. And the fish daughter was also having a good time, too. Now, upon witnessing this event, three things crossed through my mind. One, the centaur daughter had some big old titties. The second thing I thought was... I probably shouldn't think about the first thing I thought of, because it's not befitting a member of the Shooter Society, and so I wiped it from my brain. The third thing I thought was, oh no, that Rhino's got his horns up there. What if he pulls out the fillet of fishes? Would a Rhino go into a bloodthirst of hunger and decide to eat not only the fillet of fish, but its point of origin as well? Or, perhaps pulling the filet of fish out of my daughter would make her go into a rage of hunger and eat the beast for her own. I stood, ashamed to admit, paralyzed with fear, not knowing what would happen next. But as it turns out, none of my concerns were really warranted, because the centaur daughter began to shoot forth 
a massive amount of her bodily fluids onto the rhino's face. The rhino got some in his mouth and began to choke, and died a death befitting the king of the beasts, making my daughter orgasm. The rhino fell to his death, choking on the delicious liquids of my daughter, and she arose from the horn, satisfied, and said, Centaur man, father, on this day I have become a woman, and now I am befitting of a shooter that is a shooter. He said, well, you're right, you're now the princess of the shooter society, because you popped your cherry, and, uh, well, you gotta marry a shooter. She said to me, father, I agree, but my quench can only be thirsted by that of a rainu. And I said, well, uh, Princess Shooter, I shall begin a quest to find a shooter. That's also a rhino. Johnny, on that day, the rhino died. And you might be saying to yourself, well, if the rhino is already dead, how could you go to his funeral on the day that WCW got purchased? Oh, Johnny, the tale becomes more twisted as we continue. For nine months later, one thing was abundantly clear. Number one, the princess's appetite for sexual desires had become even more deviant, as I had not been able to fulfill my quest to find a shooter that was also a rhino. But also, the penetration by the rhino's horde resulted in pregnation of the princess of the shooters, and she gave birth to a son, a baby rhino, that became my first grandchild, Johnny. No man should ever have to bury their grandchild, Johnny. But nonetheless, on this day, Rhinox was born into the Shintar clan. And she nursed him with her own loins, she did. Mother's milk was not enough to penetrate the needs of Rhinox. And so my own wife, Helen, nursed Rhinox as well. Helen! You remember when you left Rhinox, you and your titties for milk? Oh my god, Centaur Man! Don't tell him about the time I let Rhinox drink from my tits! What's your tongue, woman? You don't tell the centaur man what to do. Remember, I'm a member of the Shooter Society. Now, go back in there and clean my undies. I had a bit of an accident earlier. Use the new dish rag I bought you with the 76 cents. Johnny, I did spend the 76 cents that were in the jar on a dish rag for the Mrs. Tits. I figured she was due after I popped her one in the face. So now, my grandson Rhinox was growing with every day. But the princess of the shooters, Ellie, I think her name is, uh, as I'd mentioned, her sexual appetites were widening. Uh, and some nights she would consume many forest animals, uh, killing them with uh, sex, as she was known to do. In fact, I believe one night she even mated with the princess of the bear clan and almost brought the Shooter Society at war with the Bear Clan, but we would put it at ease when Rhinox was bequeathed to the Princess of the Bears. 
So I bet you didn't know that my grandson Rhinox married a bear, did you, Jenny? Later, many years later, I believe it was 1983, a knock came upon the door of Centaur Manor, and I opened the door, Jenny, and what I saw, I believe, would bring an end to the shooter search for the shooter. Yes, what I said was the shooter, shooter search for the shooter. You know, because I think I found a suitor for my daughter that was a shooter. And it was Jim the Evernighter to the door, as you can imagine, with a goatee. My God, the man could throw an anvil as far as the eye could see. And he was clad in a pink jumpsuit, and I said, My God, sir, you are the second most beautiful creature I've ever seen on God's green earth. Tell me, what's your name? And he said, Ha 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 ha, my name is Jim the Anvil Nightheart. And I said, Oh, Jim the Anvil Nightheart, let me see ya, uh, let me see ya tear this phone book in half. And he did it with his teeth, and I proclaimed him a reino. I yelled, Princess of the Shooters! I found you a shooter. She slowly walked down the steps, and I heard a song in my head. Say, kiss me beneath the milky twilight. Lead me out on the moonlit floor. Lift your open hands. Strike up the pen and hit the firelight. And hear the moon sparkling. And kiss the rain. That very day on the steps, Johnny C., they kissed for the very first time. I was a proud papa. Of course, then the animal nature of the two took over, and right there on the steps, the rhino mounted the princess of the shooters. But the vicious sexual maneuvers at the uh, behest of the rhino quenched the thirst of the princess of the shooter society, and from that day forward, she was tamed. Rhinox looked on, a proud son, seeing a new Alpha Raidu had entered the fray, and said, This man shall be my father. My father is dead. Long live my new father. And so, we had a new Raidu in the family. And Jenny, for many years did the centaurs and the rhinos live in peace. But then, it happened. I remember I was walking across Centaur Manor, heading towards the pool. I required a dip in the water to cool down as the air conditioner at the time was on the fritz and I could not afford to fix it, uh, having spending many years uh, paying for food for a couple of rhinos. And my pager went off and it said, 911, call me. And I said, Helen, we hear about. And she said, That's your page, uh, Centaur Man. Don't you know what it's for? And I said, No, I don't know what it is. I'm just a shooter. And so Helen took a look at it and said, I don't know what this means either, Centaur Man. Maybe just get in the pool. But I felt that something was off. And so I sat down at the telephone. And I waited. Someday the telephone will ring and tell me the message that was so urgent. I believe this, Johnny. Foolishly, I believe this. 
the day that I sat down to wait for the phone call was March 1st, 2001. Now the day uh, quickly turned to night, and then it was a day again. And as I have mentioned before, Johnny, I take really good notes on the things I've done in my life, as I'm sure you can imagine based on the stories that I've told. On uh, March 2nd, I continued to wait by the phone. But it wasn't all bad news, Jenny, because the missus came to me and said, Oh, Centaur Man, your favorite TV show is on. You want me to turn it on so you can hear it? And I said, Of course, tits. You know I love Car 54. Where are you? And I want to hear it. And I want to hear the wacky adventures that the folks in Car 54 get involved with. The next day, March 3rd, 2001, finally, at around noon, the phone rang. Unfortunately, it was not the individual who sent me the page of the emergency, but it was a nice gentleman letting me know that the warranty on my truck, all blue, had expired. Of this, I was unaware, and demanded details. Luckily, the young man on the other end of the phone had plenty of details that were not vague at all, and they were specifically about my truck, Old Blue. I sensed the young man could tell how important to me Old Blue was, 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 and so, over the phone... I agreed to a verbal contract where I would pay $5,000 a month in order to make sure that Old Blue was taken care of. Unfortunately, I didn't have $5,000 a month to pay for my car warranty, so I gave the young man my social security number. And, uh, even though I live in Canada, we have those, I'm pretty sure. And I gave him my date of birth and my mother's maiden name. And he said he'd take care of it, and I've never had to pay a dime, Johnny. Never a dime. Of course, years later, those men in the suits would show up at my door every day, knocking like they were the police, saying, Where's my money, Centaur Man? Don't worry about it, the guy on the phone took care of it. Give me back my truck. Now, on March 5th, uh, nobody called but uh, the tits. The tits she made tuckles. And I appreciated that. On March 6th, Johnny, I take no pride in telling you that due to my commitment to waiting for a telephone call, I refused to get up and use the turret. Well, Johnny, on this day, March 6th, 2001, it caught up with me, and I shot all over myself. There was shit everywhere, all sorts of things and creatures living inside of it. And I said, get back inside my body, poop. I'm not getting up to eat. And I took the shit and I rubbed it all over myself and I said, get back in there, said Tarman, orders you. Unfortunately, this created a result that was not uh, advantageous to my success. And so, I went upstairs with the telephone and I got in the bathtub. I don't really remember anything that happened after that until March 19th, when I woke up in a hospital bed. 
And I said, away my in the hospital. And the doctor told me that I'd put the telephone in the bathtub full of water and poop. And the electricity almost killed me. And I was in a medically induced coma to survive the dangerous brain activity that was happening. It was like a thunderstorm up in my skull. And I said, well, of course I survived. I'm a shooter. I laid in bed the rest of the day, hoping that the person who paged me knew the telephone number to the hospital. The next day, March 20th, I woke up in the hospital, and sure enough, three wonderful creatures were standing over my bed waiting to say, hello, how you doing? It was the Zendar Princess Ellie, my daughter, and by her side were the Raidu. And of course their ward and heir, the young Rhinox, Prince of the Bear Clan, Prince of the Shooter Society, Rhinox was there, looking all regal, his big rhino horn uh, shined bright and nice. And I said, Rhinox, Rhino, I'm happier than I've ever been to see you standing by my bed. I said, Tit's daughter, go get us a feast. And she went to Taco John's and got me a potato ole bowl. Now, luckily, Rhino came equipped with some information. He said, Zentar man, somebody forgot their manners and didn't call you back. Well, I don't forget my manners, and I know who called you, and I'm here to deliver to you the news that'll change your rest of your days. He said that the person that paged me was my son-in-law, the British Bulldog. And I said, oh, is Davy Boy okay? And they said to me, he was paging you because he wanted some money. Because he called me the very next day and said, oh, Mr. Anvil, I need to buy some drugs, please. I'm in Canada. They wouldn't let me into my hometown of Leeds, England. And I need to buy some drugs, Mr. Anvil. Dorado uh, gave him five dollars and the British Bulldog was A-OK. So everything ended up all right, Johnny C. The mystery was solved. The secret societies of Canada had their princes and kings and queens all lined up for succession. As they left, Dorado and Rhinox stood proud. Although I did hear a small cough emit from the young Prince Rhinox. March 21st, I went home from the hospital and I sat down in my home at Sundar Mansion and I said, Tits! Bring me a taco, cause car 54, where are you, is on. The phone rang. I wondered if it was a nice gentleman who helped me with my car warranty. It was not. It was my daughter Ellie, the shooting society princess. And I said to you, Ellie, where you called me today? I'm trying to watch car 54, where are you? And she said, Papa. I've got some terrible news. Do you remember yesterday when Rhinox coughed as we were leaving the hospital? And I said, I did recall such an event happening. She said, well, Papa, earlier this morning, Rhinox went out in the forest to commune with the leaders of the Bear Clan, and he coughed, 
and the cough made his position known to a hunter that thought he was a regular Reino under Lucian Canada instead of the Prince Rhinox. And the hunter shot Rhinox in the eyeball, and Rhinox was dead. I didn't know how to feel, Johnny. On one hand, the prince was dead. On the other, I was thankful that the hunter was protecting us from rhinos that might be on the loose. March 22nd came, Johnny C., and Ellie asked me to give the eulogy for Rhinox the next day at his funeral. And so I wrote a speech that was honorable and would do proud to the Bear Clan in the shooting society who had lost a prince. Now we've come to the day you've wanted to know so much about Johnny C. You wanted to know about the day that WCW was purchased by the New York Territories and drug up all these terrible memories in the centaur brain. Well, Johnny, I'll tell you exactly what happened that day. I was at the funeral of the Crown Prince Rhinox. The entire centaur family was there, including the Reino, which made me happy. Unfortunately, my son, the hit guy, was there too, as well as my son, Bruce, and some other kids that I know are mine, and the British Bulldog was there as well. It was time for the centaur man to give the eulogy. I grabbed a speech. I walked to the casket where the crown prince stood. Well, I, sh I shouldn't say he stood. He lay there in state, if you will, Johnny C. I was about to begin speaking, and my son-in-law yelled, Oh, no! The New York Territory has just bought WCW! Pro wrestling is dead, center man! I stood there. Taking in the words that the British Bulldog had said, Johnny C. And I thought for some time. Suddenly, I remembered why I was there. I looked down at Rhinox, the Crown Prince, and I began to speak. Ladies and gentlemen, we're here today because the territories are dead. This is a funeral for the shooting game the way that we've always known it. Because the New York Territory is going to control everything. And I said, shoot guy! They're going to turn everything into a cartoon, damn it. There'll be no more real shooters on my TV. Except for maybe Chris Benoit, who's an honest man and a good man who would never do anything to betray the shooting society of which he's a member. Chris Benoit is our only hope shooters. And so today, I say we put all of our faith in Chris Benoit and make him the prince of the shooting society. I demand a vote be taken now or I'll shoot on you for the rest of your days. Now, all the shooters in the crowd were excited and riled up. But I noticed the princess fish. The shed daughter, Ellie, was a little sad. And I said, Centaur daughter, what are you so sad about? And she said, Papa, you forgot to give the eulogy for Rhinox. Now, Johnny, I tell you this with a straight face. 
And with 100% truthfulness, I don't remember what the hell she was talking about. What the fuck is a Rainox? Needless to say, though, the Shooter Society concluded their vote that day and named Chris Benoit the king and the prince simultaneously at a shooting society. And there was never a problem again. Well, Johnny, that's the story of the day that the territories died and uh, how it changed everything forever. And I am sure your audience will appreciate the information I've given to them. Uh, and now, Johnny C., if you'll excuse me, I think I hear the theme song to Car 54, Where Are You? And I'd like to watch it. So give me my five dollars. That's right. That's good stuff. Johnny C., you're a good guy. You're a good kid. I like you a whole bunch, and I hope you come back here to Canada to let me talk to the computer someday. Uh, but remember, Johnny C., uh, don't ever try to mess with old Sundarman, because I'm a shooter, and I'll shoot on you to the end of your day. <laughs>